0: Let's start. Um, okay, so we are in the middle of we, we discussed already the idea of these different levels in terms of limud, right? And now what we're discussing is the idea of how this applies to uh, to davening as well. And we're saying we're just as we saw that there are different levels of um, in terms of. Uh, in terms of Limud, how in order to go from one level to the next level, there has to be this idea of a total bitl. And we brought uh, five different levels, basically, in terms of the, uh, the experience of the bitl that takes place. So now we're doing the same thing with regards to davening. So we started off yesterday's class, uh, or we ended yesterday's class, I should say, uh, with the idea of how um, there are different levels in terms of the Hisbunas. Let's start again from the beginning of the paragraph. Similarly, we see this concept with regards to the uh, elevation of the soul in terms of davening. So we discussed this yesterday, the idea of how there has to be a level of vital beforehand. And generally speaking, the way we look at this is really... Uh, The idea of this marirus or the shiflus, marirus meaning uh, bitterness, uh, shiflus meaning uh, a feeling of loneliness, really it's very hard to go uh, within a couple of minute period from one extreme to the other. Um, In other words, it's very hard to go from a state of marirus uh, to a state of ava. So generally what uh, Hasidus discusses is that this level of marirus should really be focused on the night before. Uh, In terms of Kriyosh Hashalamita, in the olden days it was Tikkun Chatzos, right? That that level of energy of feeling a state of shiftless in oneself, of of basically humbling oneself, um, really has to start the night before, and that's how you, you know, sort of go to sleep. That's how you then wake up in the morning. Um, And that then, when it comes to the actual davening itself, the davening itself is more uh, focused on the meditation that comes before the davening, which is more with regards to levels of Ava. Okay, so let's see it inside. This idea of davening is really all about a closeness to Hashem. Right? In order that the light of Hashem should be shining in my soul. And therefore, when the light of Hashem is shining in my soul, it obviously is going to uh, impact the way I look at life. Now, So level number one we're talking about is the idea of how to be kiruv, right? To be that we are really close, and there should be a dvekis in belakus. Or the other opposite, the opposite of point is the to light, light up one's soul, like with a burning fire, right? A chukah of a level of chuka, a level of desire, and simon simon means here. The idea of of a thirst that a person has, when a person doesn't see something, right? In other words, one of the examples that's given for this is, uh, for example, a husband and a wife, that when the husband, let's, let's give the example of when the husband goes away on a business trip or something like that, and he's not around his wife for an extended period, and then he has the opportunity to come back, right? So when he's coming back, right? when he's not around her so there's a, there's a level of simone there's a level of thirst that you want to see the person that you missed right you haven't seen them you have been away in california or something on a business trip uh, for a week and you didn't have the opportunity to spend any time with your wife with your family etc and now there is a there is built up a simone a, a certain type of thirst a desire that each individual has of this wanting to wanting to change that situation wanting to come back wanting to like experience uh, to, uh, to uh, be back with that person. So similarly here, with Rad Hashem, when a person does a meditation, for example, a little bit about what Hashem is and what we know about Hashem and uh, how He's interfacing with us, and then recognizing that, uh, for example, that through the things that I've done in my lifetime, through the sins that I've done, through the different um, inappropriate things that I've done, I've caused there to be a certain set type of separation or a lack of closeness. And this is like the way of, uh, for example, of al that he feels this, this level of, I'm separate. And therefore, the more he recognizes that through his own acts, he has caused this division, then it causes there to be this desire to change things, to go back, to like want to make things better, like, a, like almost like a pull of how do I fix things up? Think about it in terms of, uh, you know, if a, of a best friend. And if a person has a best friend, And all of a sudden, you know, with this best friend, he, in fact, winds up, you know, uh, like, causing something negative to happen to him. Like, in other words, he wasn't careful. And something negative winds up playing out. Like, he's so upset with himself that how could he have caused this, you know, sort of wedge in his relationship with his best friend that he feels like a desire to fix things up and like that, that urge to change things. I have to change it right away. I have to, you know, make these phone calls or I have to change it. Uh, uh, what am I going to do to change, right? That energy, right? That energy is like, is, is this thirst that we're talking about here. The is Okay, so now he's going to go through different levels of meditation. So he says like this, the is a but is So the idea of the closeness and cleaving in alokus so how does this happen? So the way that a person does feel a closeness to Hashem is when he actually feels the or shining in his soul. In other words, we're talking about it in a, in a spiritual way here. What causes this feeling of closeness? It's not just that he uh, like he decides, oh I'm gonna be so to speak, feel a closeness to God. You don't just feel something. Either you have it or you don't. So what he's suggesting here is that there is an ore that is shining in a person's soul, which causes them to feel a certain level of closeness to God. So how does this come about? How does he actually uh, draw down that ore in order to make the ore shine in his neshama? So he says, namely through hasaga, like trying to grasp and meditate on is but his right? That he meditates on Hashem, but he with a connection. What's so makas A tremendously a deep focus. Right? That he's capturing himself, like really focusing on God in whatever the meditation is that he's doing, and he's not allowing it to let go. Right? He's really focusing on it. esa, inyan Namely to really. Focus on Hashem, how it, it is and what it is. So, what he's saying here is that these feelings that we are experiencing are not just made-up feelings. They're either you do have a or that's shining into your neshama, and that or that shining into your neshama is going to, so to speak, light you up, and is going to make you experiencing experience something, or it's not. Right, that's just the bottom line. It's not like okay, uh, now I'm going to make. It. No, there, there's actually an experience that is supposed to be happening here. So the question is, how does this experience? How is it supposed to manifest itself? Right. This is not a. This is like right. This is a famous story. Um, who is the story of that? Uh, there, I think it was a friend of the. I'm not mistaken, it was a friend of the Maggit or one of the Maggit students. I don't remember who it was that he was a friend with, but this person who, they used to learn Kabbalah together. And he wound up becoming a great businessman and, and whoever this person was became like a big rabbi. I, I think it was the Maggit. But they all both learned you know, in, in the early days they learned Kabbalah together and they went through it and, and when he found out that the, that this uh, Rebbe was going to be in this inn and he was also in the inn, he just got very excited and so he went and he talked to him and, he did, and, and they davened together he saw the davening of this Rebbe was going on and, on and on and on and his davening was finished, you know so he went over afterwards to his older friend and he said, I don't understand, you know we we were both together and we learned together when we were kids. And, you know, why is it that you're doing it like this and I'm doing it like this? You know, what, what what's happening here? Why is it taking you so long to dive in and why is it like me? So he said, you're a businessman, right? So he said like this. If, let's say you're going to, uh, in all these stories, you always the, the, the businessman is always going to a place called Danzig. Danzig is where the fair, like the big, you know, international fair was, or whatever, you know. You, I don't know exactly if that was the only place, but in, in these stories, most of the time, people are going to Danzig for the fair. You know, so, so he goes to, uh, he said, imagine uh, that you were at home, and you had in your mind that you're loading up your wagon to go to Danzig. And then you go and you get on your horses. And then you're imagining this whole thing. You go to Danzig. And then you go and you lay out all your wares in the fair. And you go around and you're buying different things. And you're selling different things. And you're going. And then you come back. And then you have to, you know, it spends weeks of time, right, uh, that you actually stay at the fair. Like there was, I guess, a week there or two weeks there or whatever it is. And then you actually load everything back up on the wagon that you bought. And now you come all the way home. Said, so Imagine that you just thought about this. And then you thought about it all morning, one morning, and then you could. You just, then the rest of the time, instead of doing it, you just imagine it. And then you spend the next two weeks sitting in the base medres. You can learn through, uh, you know, uh, you know, lots of lots of gemara that way. You know, you don't have to waste your time traveling all the way to. the So let's say you did that. So the friend told him, like, "What are you talking about? Uh, uh, it's not a joke. I have to do a business. I have to make money. I have to sell. I have to buy. I have to, you know, I have to the real goods." So he says, ah, that's the same thing with the davening. When I daven, I have to go to these places, I have to do these things, and it takes a lot longer. It's the real deal. So similarly, what the Rebbe is saying here is that it's supposed to be an experience. Now, as we're going to go through, now as we're going to discuss this, it's a different experience for everyone, because different everyone's holding on different levels. Right? But the point is is that there is is a way to cause your nishama to be able to be enlightened by the aura of Hashem. What is that way? It's through this meditation. Through meditation. Before davening. That's how it's supposed to happen. Right? So that's what he says over here. Right? He says, He says, <laughs> Namely, through this connection and this deep focus. Later, to know to know this concept, this godly concept, eich, how it is, umahu meir ha'or begilu ybnafsho. this is an amazing three lines of this mimer. this is a change your life line, uh, section what it means is that it's not, you can't just imagine you're going to Danzig, to the fair you actually have to do it and if you want to feel anything godly, then you have to actually do these things, you can't just you know, read about it in a book right? Even if it's a holy book like this, right? You have to actually do it. And then you could actually experience it. Right? You could imagine, you know, going to the fair as much as you want. You're not going to buy or sell anything. You have to actually do it. Like it's written elsewhere. Take a look further. Now, having established that this is the way to cause the or of Hashem to actually shine into my neshama and to be able to Give me, because what, what we're feeling, for example, what a person experiences is real. He can't make it up. I'll give you the perfect example of this. perfect example of this is, and we can bring about this, uh, you know, it, ad infinitum, is the idea of how a person, anyone that you know, if they go on Mivtayim, when they come back from time they feel happy. Why do they feel happy? What's the big deal? What do they do? They, what did they accomplish? All right, so they got someone to shake a lula, for example, or they got to put on tefillin or something like that. There's a lot of nice things that I do in my life. But why, does it, why do you experience this happiness? Because the happiness is not a made-up thing. It's not like I put in my mind, I'm going to be happy now. As much as we want to do that, okay, guys, now it's time to be happy. It doesn't work that way. We could fool ourselves into thinking that it works that way, but it doesn't work that way. So what is it? The experience that we are feeling is actually a revelation of or that's going into my soul and therefore I'm experiencing my own soul. And when I've experienced my own soul after when I'm on Mitzayim or after Mitzayim, all of a sudden I feel great. I feel terrific. I don't know anyone that goes on Mitzayim that actually accomplishes, that doesn't come back feeling a million times better than how he felt when he went. I just have not met the person that does that. Why, though? It's not like, it's like what, what is so special about this? Answer, because you're actually experiencing your soul. That's, what's, that's what you're experiencing. In a very, very strong way, you're feeling it. Because you're feeling it in such a strong way, you feel so good. There's nothing that anyone told you that is making you feel good. It's just an experience. And it's, and it's and not an experience by one person that, oh yeah, by the way, when I went on the assignment, you can't believe it. I felt so great afterwards. And everyone's looking at, really? Wow, that's amazing that that happened to you. It's like everyone experiences it. Everyone This happens across the board all the time. right? So if you're ever down... Right, so that's what, that's what a person should do. You should go amitzayim. The Rebbe says that by going amitzayim, it, it 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 refines your soul like a thousand times. Right, what does that mean? It means that you and I, we are ex- actually experiencing something different in me. That all this stuff is not made up stuff. This is not philosophy. This is real. So it's just the problem is that we are so desensitized. That we're not really understanding what it is that we are experiencing. You know, it's like a person that eats uh, like a bunch of uh, candy and cake or whatever. And then afterwards, he feels really bad. And he can't understand why I feel so bad. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like it feels disgusting. It feels like heavy and uh, gross and like whatever. You can't understand why. why And the other guy who eats like this very healthy meal, like he feels uh, feels, like so alive and awake. And he can't imagine why. why We're not sensitive. So a person could put the, you know, connect the dots right? But most of the time we're walking through life. I have no idea, like, why am I feeling so tired? Well, maybe because you just ate, like, a pound of candy, you know, and all the sugar had a sugar spike, and then you came back down, and you feel exhausted now. Like, it doesn't take a genius to understand. The same way that we are experiencing in a physical way, we're experiencing also in a spiritual way. That's the idea. So what we're talking about here is for example, going Mipsayim. A second example of this is when your mind is like totally all over the place and you're getting confused and you're getting... A, sit down and learn. Sit down and learn anything. Learn a Mishnah. Learn two Mishnahs. You will find that your mind will clear. Your mind will clear up. Why? Because the godly light from the Torah that you're learning is coming into your brain and it's changing things. That's why. It's a simple... Remedy, right? But it works. Your brain all of a sudden becomes much clearer. Why did my brain become so much clearer? It just does, right? When you're all mabalable and whatever, sit down and learn. Sit down and work on on learning. And it doesn't have to be the hardest toysus that you ever saw in your life. So similarly with regards to davening. Why don't I feel anything in davening? Well, of course you don't feel anything in davening because you throw on your tefillin and you, you know, and you, then you say on your markets I go, and then you play Indy Indy 500, and then you know well, it's not as big of a problem by us Indy 500. It's more like you know who's the slowest guy to walk out of uh, you know whatever. Anyway, but you know, but whatever way it is, it's not we're missing we're missing the actual thing. So when you miss the actual thing, so then of course you don't really feel that much. Right, your brain is—at least my brain is—right. Right, right? it's on rapid fire, thinking about what I have to do after after davening, thinking about what we're eating, thinking about this, thinking about that. Oh, then next Tuesday I have to go to visit my aunt Trudy, and and, then et etc. Right. So all of a sudden you're wondering, like, oh, that was that was the whole davening. What happened over there? And you're like wondering why. This is why. So that's what he says. So now in the meditation that a person is supposed to have itself, there are different levels. And based on the level of soul that you are, different things are going to impact you or not impact you. And that's what he says here. Okay, so this is the most basic, uh, fundamental level of meditation. This is shayach to everyone. No matter how low my soul might be, this is Shaykh to me. It's how Hashem is enclosing Himself in the world. In the same way that my soul encloses itself in the body, right? This is a meditation that everyone is capable of, right? This is something that everyone is shy to. namely, the way Hashem is enclosed within the world. This is something that I can actually grasp. It's something that I could put my finger on. It's something that I could really experience. Because it makes sense, it works. It's something that is within my grasp intellectually, and my soul is able to experience it. So when a person meditates on memalek Kalamim, and how Hashem is involved in every single thing and how Hashem is enclothing Himself in every single thing, right? And etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, this whole level of meditation. So mei ra'or mamish So if a person will spend his time thinking about this idea so then he will recognize that he will start to experience that there is actually an ore of hashem that is shining in his neshama and he will feel it or he says here nafsha is supposed to neshama so it's on a lower level right but basically the idea is that this is something that everyone could tap into a meditation of mimalik olamim. And he will feel a of a closeness, and a divakas, a cleaving to Hashem in his soul. He's going to literally cleave to the oraluki aluki that's shining in his soul. This is something that's shayach. Something that all of us should be doing. Now, he goes further. This is not shayach to most people. Let's say that now the level of meditation is in the way that self is above oilmos i. Name namely the, hafla, the wondrousness, the, the elevation of the Orient mamish, that it could be understood and felt, right? Mamish in the soul it's true, you have to really deep think of it in it could be that this level this he says you could even feel animi which is like a surprising thing to say this is more with the higher level souls the of because they are more of a Kae to the or of Barku Right this is a level that because a higher level soul is more refined, so therefore a higher level of ore is able to actually shine in it. with the, and this causes also an ava. A love in a Dvekis. This is the level of the Ava B'Tanugim like we've been discussing in Tanya for the last uh, couple of days. This is the, the level of how the, the Tzaddikim are able to have such a level of love of Hashem, of such pleasure in Hashem, right, that, that they are disgusted by anything that is not an open expression of God. This is the Ava B'Tanugim that it's talking about over there. This is not Chayach to most people. This is a level that a person has to recognize who he is. In other words, we could fool ourselves and we could say that all this is a shayach to everyone, or we could say that I am five foot nine or five foot ten or five foot eleven. I used to think be six foot three, but I shrunk, I guess, right? And I'm not shayach to become a center for the New York Knicks. It's just not shayach. I don't care how good my ball handling skills are. It's just not that's not who I am. I cannot play against someone who's seven feet tall. As good as I could possibly ever, ever be. It's just not who I am. So therefore, that should not be my goal in life. My goal in life is not to play center for the New York Knicks. Right? Maybe for the LA Lakers, but no. But the point is what? The point is that I have to recognize what my human capabilities are. So a, a soul that is coming from a very high level, his kalim are by definition much more sensitive. If his kalim are much more sensitive, then the ore that's going inside is going to be much more sensitive. Right? And therefore, he is able to experience that ore. When he experiences that ore, it impacts him in such a way that he is going to conduct himself completely differently. So therefore, right, with regards to exotic, like we discussed in chapter 10, and then we discuss it again in chapter 13 and 14 in Tanya, right? In chapter, end of chapter nine, especially, right, is this idea of how he is so infatuated and so in love and so experiencing the or, right? So he's, he, he is on such a high, right? He doesn't need a meditation of why the Gashmiastika world is not something that he should be involved in. Because it's automatic by him, it's just a given. Because that's where he's holding. He's not holding in a different place. I'll give you an example. A bacher and yeshiva here, if you will get served, if someone will come and go to McDonald's and bring you a double cheeseburger with bacon on it, most people here in this room would be very disgusted by that idea. Not because they have to meditate, this is really against what Hashem is thinking, and it has milchik and fleishik, so I should be disgusted by it, and it has davr acher, and so I should be disgusted with that, and I have to go through a whole meditation on it, and oh, uh, Oh, okay, I'm there. Okay, oh, yes, I'm disgusted by it. No, it's just that most people, by the time they get to yeshiva and their mamish learned in yeshiva and they learned all this taira, uh, something like that is just naturally disgusting to them. So on that level, they are holding by the level of a tzaddik. On that one point, maybe uh, uh, there are other things like that. But this is how a tzaddik experiences life in general. That anything that is, so to speak, a block for Hashem or a negative Hashem, is going to be something that they are completely disgusted by. Which in my vocabulary is something that I might be very excited about. It might be something that draws me in. Because why? Because I'm not holding on that level. Because I'm not holding on that level, the Oraluki is not going to shine inside of me. It's not Shayecht on this level. And that's not what I should be expecting. Yeah, Menachem I was wondering, is this level of zibayinis only shayk towards tzadikim, or could a Bainini reach this level like eventually? It seems like it's for tzadikim. Mm-hmm. That's what it seems like. Could it be that a Bainini could uh, could pop himself up over there? Possibly, but you know, but it's really the level of tzadikim, right? So, does that mean that we should never meditate on saybiv Kalamim? No, that's not what it means. It talks about it in kuntras time, how it's important to also, from time to time, meditate on Allah. Recognize that this is something that's a little bit beyond my kalim, but it's still an important mindset to have. But this is, this is the reality. The reality is that it's better off for me to spend my time meditating on Memali Kalami. Meditating on all the different, excuse me, meditations, right? For example, a place in front of you, Life and good, right? Death and evil. Becharta right? That whole meditation, choosing life. The whole meditation that is in Shuva Yisrael from Renat. Right? There's a very famous meditation to think about. To think about how Hashem is right, giving life into this world. And how each thing has its life and it. When the, you know, the difference between the soul and the body. And when the soul leaves the body, how the body all of a sudden just totally uh, becomes a rock. Right? And, you know, the example that I've given before is, for example, you see all these deer prancing around outside, and all of a sudden a car hits it, and all of a sudden now it's lying on the side of the road with its legs straight up in the air. What happened here? Right? The soul left the body. Right? But once the soul leaves the body, then it's not prancing around anymore. It's a rock. So really, so what's the real life of this thing? It's not the body, it's the soul. It's not the the gashmi, it's not the physical, it's the spiritual. That's what's going on. That is a perfect meditation. And to go through that with everything in life that you see, right? In the upper worlds and lower worlds. And, and everything has a soul and a, bo- and, a, and a body to it, right? And that <clears throat> idea is to recognize that the body is not where it's at. Or really, even the meditation that we were talking about yesterday in, in class, in Tanya class, right? The whole idea of how a person is, is, is forced to meditate or uh, to swear before his soul comes down into this world to a Well, what, is that? what am I supposed to do with that? I'm not going to be a tzaddik. So therefore, what? What am I supposed to do? But I swore. So a person should spend his time meditating on ideas that a, uh, uh, that a would would it be feeling. So, for example, with regards to food, how all food at the end of the day comes out the same way. No matter how much effort that this chef and how many schools they went to in Paris to learn how to cook and to, uh, you know, put food out, it's all coming out the same way of the body, from the body. That's it. That's the way it goes, right? So the question is, why am I getting so excited about this, you know, platter of whatever it is, if it's, all it is is fuel. It's not like my car. My car doesn't get excited when I go to fill gasoline in it. I get excited because I can go another 300 miles or whatever, but but the point is that it's it's fuel. That's what it is. Food is fuel. It's not anything else. Okay. But yet, I make a whole experience out of it and, and, and so much of our life is surrounding food. We have to go to restaurants, and we have like Chinese food and not Japanese food. No, not China, not Japanese food, not Chinese food. Italian food today. Not Italian food. We need Mexican food. We need this mm-hmm. type of food. Uh, we have to put pepper on it and salt on it, and we have to do that. And, 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 and so much of our life becomes this whole experience with regards to food. But if you look at it really, does that really make any sense whatsoever? No. And like he says, the next line we, we didn't get to in Tanya, but a wise person sees what's going to be born out of whatever it is. So all these physical things that we're going after, right? If we're going after it for the physical, right, it's, it, it, it's totally ridiculous. It's a waste of time. It's not what it's about. Right? It's all, you have to focus in on the spiritual of everything. So, this is a meditation that could make sense to me. It can make sense to my, myself, my, where I'm holding. And therefore, I could do something about it. And, it, and it could, I could feel when I do meditate like this and I do think like this, I could feel it. Masha Enkin, if I could really, you know, with regards to, there's nothing else here except for Hashem. Is that true? Yes, it's 100% true. But is it something that is gonna be drawn down into my panemius that I could really live with on every single second basis? Very hard to say. Very hard to say that, right? So should I do that? Yes, I should do it from time to time, but it shouldn't be my major focus. So these tzaddikim are having this unbelievable pleasure she Mis Angim means they caused themselves to have this pleasure. nasham in the etzim of their soul. lahem ad mamish. Right, because of the or Hashem that's shining into them, they get to a point of even kalos nefesh, meaning that like they're ready to whatever it is, either give up their soul completely for Hashem or to be totally that their soul just becomes totally included in the Abishtir. Right? In this, in this meditation, because they have such a devakus to Hashem that it's just like, that's it. They're out of the, they're out of the box. They're completely, completely given over to it. And that's the idea. Seder? Okay, I think we'll stop here for today. Please do Hazara.